and howdy guys, welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast, this is going to be episode 13, uh, this is Rob White, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2014, and Warden A, Fighting Texas Aggie Class 2015, and uh, yeah, uh, sorry about, uh, we've, we wanted to put one out a couple weeks ago, but uh, audio quality wasn't great on it, we had a, it was just kind of a wild week, uh, that was right around Silver Taps, and um, unfortunately there was, you know, for those of you who were following along with it, there was that plane crash and, uh, you know, we did have a uh, couple of my friends were involved with that. Um, and as far as updates on that front, Luke is still in the hospital. He's dealing with some surgeries, but he seems to be doing better from He's what stable. I'm hearing. He's stable. Okay. So, well, all right. So good. Yeah. So good, good news on that front. Um, fortunately, you know, in, in what has been a crazy well, year, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's good to get a little bit of yeah, good news here and there. Twenty twenty reminds you that you should never use the phrase "Could it even get worse?" Right, and it just it you turn around and it feels like every other day there's just it's something whether it's something in politics, whether it's something involving it's like a contest. It's like a contest. Like how can we make it? I mean, and on top of all that, you know, not not to deviate too much from what we're going to be chatting about today, but you look at what's going on in the Gulf right now. You know, we have. What was it like five named storms plus two additional systems? I mean, you know, it's the most active, like the second most active they've ever seen in the Gulf. Yeah, we're not we're not through storm season. No, it's just it's been a ridiculous year, man. It's absolutely nuts. Well, let's just focus on the sports craziness. Yeah, there's, um, there's plenty and, of that. Yeah, there's plenty of it. It's been happening for a while, so it's a topic that I'm that has been exhausted, I'm sure, to an extent, but. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the opting out of the season stuff. Right. Uh, obviously, it's directly impacting us with Jamon Osmond deciding to uh, to opt out. Right. Which, in the grand scheme of things, uh, relative to what we have left, I mean, you've got Cam Buckley that's hurt. Um, so you got two tight ends that are hurt that are out. Yeah. So you know, it's it's a it's a hit on the on the depth chart between injury and, and opt outs and. You know, they they gave the green light for opting out, and I I don't have a problem with it. That's just how it is. It's a crazy year, and I mean, you're talking about a, a myriad of reasons that that are valid. But um, I was thinking about this, and and it kind of dawned on me right when they first decided, yeah, they were going to make this decision. But and again, we're talking about the NCAA. So when I say how could you not do right. something or do something, it's the NCAA, and they consistently do stupid things but how could you not put a deadline on this because when you're talking about like your standard like start of the season we all kind of figure out when it was going to be you know these and i understand that younger kids when they're when they're not opting out it's not an injury or they're not you know opting out for for covid if it's it's for more of a uh, social justice reason um you, you can't drag it out it's just none of these decisions can be there. There has I would have liked to have seen a deadline for it, and no repercussions or anything for opting out, but a deadline so it doesn't. You have teams that with players that are like us. We just had one opt out yesterday. That's right. Um, and then you've got you look at LSU. They had uh, two of their players that opted out decided either last night or today that they're opting back in. Right, and, and that just speaks a lot to honestly of my generation, people that are right around this generation. Where it's just there's so much indecision, and I understand you know, we got a bunch of young kids and they're trying to think about their future and what they want to deal with. I think probably my biggest issue with it up to this point and why it has been so inconsistent is how inconsistent the teams have been as far as their starting too. That hasn't helped matters. You know, we don't start for a couple of weeks. 
Uh, we did have a bunch of teams that started playing this past uh, this past weekend, and some from the previous weekend. So there's just been so much inconsistency, and it would have been really nice to see the NCAA kind of put their foot down and say this is the well, time frame. Well, and then with yeah, you know, with the inconsistency of starting times, you could have just said this many days from your first game. Right now, now Jimbo did come out and say you know. Javon hasn't been in practice for a couple of weeks. So right. they, they've been moving forward, you know, Without just him. under the assumption that he wouldn't be there. Right. So, uh, so I, I don't think that you see um, any sort of uh, like effect in the sense of rushing to find someone to fill a hole or fill a gap because they've been working with this. But um, and, and, and that practice time is great because we don't have really any experience at wide receiver now. No, and we don't exactly get. I mean. Vanderbilt is our tune-up game, which yeah we lucked out with that. We essentially got a tune-up game. That's to start the, the that's year. the only tune-up game in the right. SEC, and we got it. So it, it could be worse, right? Um, but then you look at situation like LSU, like these mm-hmm. two kids have decided to come back, and I'm sure LSU just like us. I'm sure they've been going through practices under the assumption that who they have is who they have, right? But then if you're going to come back, that that's a that's a real difficult dynamic to. Uh, to have to deal with as a coach because the guys that are coming back aren't practice squad guys. No, and a lot of them, honestly, I wonder what that does as far as the mindset for the players. Because you think about a lot of these players, you know, the ones that decide to stick around, all of a sudden these guys say, hey, guys, we're back. You know, you got to wonder. How do you juggle that? I'm about to say, how do you juggle that? How does that affect team dynamic between the players in the locker room? I mean, there's all kinds of craziness on that front. And I know a lot of it's a brotherhood, especially in the locker room, they're friends, but you feel like maybe – some of these guys, you know, kind of let you down. They decided to go do something else. Or, or by them making that decision, you earn the right and you put in the practice to be that number one guy now. Exactly. And this guy's just going to walk back and take it back. So it's – Yeah. It, I tell you what, I, I wouldn't want to be a coach dealing with that. No. Uh, by any means. So, I, I don't know. I, I was just – there should have been some sort of deadline. It, you don't need to give reasoning. You don't because you have there's, – there's a handful of reasons that you're basically authorized – and the public doesn't need to know. It's really not our business unless you want to make it our business. Sure. But so since we're out of wide receivers, it would seem at least <laughs> ones at least at least ones with experience. Right. Uh, you know, I know everybody's been talking about uh, you know what's coming up. Who's who are you most excited to see? Or because now we've got some gaps to fill. Right. For me personally, I think uh, Dylan Wright is actually going to be a pretty good little uh, addition. I mean, you know, freshman coming in. Um, you know, kid 6'4", 210 pounds, you know, coming out of high school. Yeah, that's legit size. Yeah, he's going to be very good. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the table. Um, just off of that initial roster look, obviously we're, you know, missing a couple of top people that we really didn't want out. But there are a lot of other people. Oh, you don't have to there. say Demas. I think every human being on the planet that's ever even seen a clip of him play is excited to see oh, him Oh, absolutely. He's um, going to do well. I'll be, uh, I'll be excited with Anaya Smith, you know, playing the hybrid between wide receiver and, and, you know, coming out of the backfield. I'll be interested to see if he gets utilized a little bit more out, you know, in the slot or, or you know, a little bit less out of the backfield. Right. But I, uh, uh, I'm... I'm on the Caleb Chapman train, man. I don't blame you. I've, I've seen some some uh, some clips of him and some pictures of him, and, and he's he's bulked up. I know he's working hard. And he looks like a lumberjack. How can you yeah. go wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but he's uh, you know he's been putting in the time. He's been putting in the work. Um, I mean, they all have obviously, but uh, I, I think Chapman's maybe kind of my wild card. Yeah. Just because we have, just haven't gotten to see a lot of them, and right, you know, we've seen a nice. Yes, we um, have. Even though we haven't seen Demas in an A and M uniform doing anything, we've seen him 
perform feats of ridiculous human oh, capabilities no doubt and strength. About that. We're very excited about him. So I, that's one of those where like I'm, I'm kind of cool with a 15-yard penalty if he does a backflip on a first <laughs> touchdown. So. Uh, so okay, kind of looking forward um, at, at the rest of the roster. Are there any other players that uh, you're just looking at that maybe have something that you know maybe you're looking forward to seeing either either side of the ball? Well, I, and I, well, I was and I was all in on Baylor Cup and I, and I hate Me it too. for him. I, that's t- it's just it's so brutal. Um, but uh, I'm excited to see uh, the next year of Spiller. Right. Yeah, you know, I'm excited to see how he does. Um, you know, we saw, you know, the, the backs that we've had, you know, last couple of years, you know, Travion, you know, really being kind of a dominant running back, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. Um, Very good. And so, and, and just the offense that Jimbo runs. And you know that from one year to the next that, yeah, if you don't put on weight, you'll be changing kind of your weight composition. So the weight you have will be better weight just because sure. it's another year in program. Exactly. So I'm really looking forward to Spiller. And not to mention, I think that Spiller is a, a massive key in the entire offense. You can have all the freak athletes you want out on the edge. And if you can't establish a running game to set up the pass. And, and one thing I would like to see from Spiller, and not that he's poor by any means, but I would like to see an uptick in his uh, pass blocking. Yeah, that it, was that was one thing we got spoiled with, with a little bit, and right. we got spoiled with Travion. Oh no, yeah, Travion did a fantastic job of that. So I think a little bit of pass blocking is gonna be good. I mean, we love Kellen Mond, you know, great quarterback. Got to have somebody to chip. Got to have something. But yeah, we need we need to have him protected, of course. Uh, now, uh, behind Kellen, you know, on the off chance that he ends up getting dinged up or whatnot, because let's face it, if you look at A&M's history when it comes to quarterbacks or seniors, they have not really panned out. <laughs> yeah. several, they don't tend to times. make it the full season. You know, um, whether it's, um, I mean, you know, I'm trying to remember. Trevor sorry, and I got yeah, hurt. I mean, I mean he, he yeah, didn't Trevor, get to finish this whole year, and yeah. that was no fault of his own. I mean, right, and Gerard Johnson was my first quarterback. He, yeah. was, he, was our, he was my starting quarterback as a senior. And, you know, he ended up struggling quite a bit. And, you know, all of a sudden, man, you know, we here, comes Ryan, you know, here comes Ryan Tannehill yeah, from the we, wide receiver position, we, and he just tore it up. <laughs> we were primed for such a great year from Gerard. I, I, always, I, I always hated that, seeing that. But, um, that yeah, so I mean, cool. you, you never know. Uh, but ideally, you would like to finish, the, you know, the year with the same quarterback you start with. Of course. Um, and, and, all, and, of course, you know, we are on the Kellen Mond train, by all means, kid. Uh, if you know, on the off chance you do hear the podcast, we do hope that you have yourself a fantastic year. Go out there, tear it up, do what you need to do, and hopefully, uh, submit yeah. your legacy. Yeah, what what I want to see is, uh, I'm, I'm curious about Chapman, obviously. Right. Um, I want to see uh, continued improvement out of Spiller. I thought he got better across the year. Oh no doubt. Or as the year went on, went on defense. It's. I, t- I think I talked about this on the fan show last week. I, I just want to start seeing that killer linebacker mentality. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to see dudes that are, like, they just straight up have a mean streak in them. They don't have to be mean people. No. Mike Singletary is, like, one of the most soft-spoken, nicest guys on the planet. Right. And every Sunday he lined up and literally killed people. Yeah, but you know, getting Buddy Johnson out there is going to be fun. Um, Buddy's all in, too. I, right. I'm, looking, I'm looking for a big year from Buddy. I'm looking, I'm looking for a big year for Buddy. I'm Anthony Hines getting back in it. I'm pretty excited about him. Um, and, you know, and just even looking at safeties from back there, you know, see uh, Leon O'Neal, who initially was talking about being in the transfer portal. He came back. Yeah. And so, you know, we've, we've got some depth on the defensive side of the ball for, you know, that has good experience and people that we know are playmakers. Well, Leon kind of reminds me of what you were alluding to earlier. Sometimes it's just being a young kid. Right. And making rash decisions. Like, I mean, B.J. Foster at Texas. He walked out of the locker room in the third quarter of a game. Right. Like, that, 
That dude didn't wake up on Monday and put his name in the transfer portal. He straight rolled off the 40 acres. Right, which and is incredible. The, that yeah, that well, it's well, it's incredible for a lot of reasons. And But what you see also, you know, we were talking about um, uh, Ed O having to deal with it with his players coming back. Exactly. It's going to be interesting to see how that affects uh, that locker room because mm-hmm. apparently he was at the lift session the next day. It sounds like he's going to be allowed back on the team, but... You know they're gonna yeah. they're they're gonna dock him a, like a roster spot, and if he, I mean, if he left because he wasn't playing already, I mean, sinking him on the you know sinking him on the depth chart isn't gonna help matters. So it, no. it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because that is a real time issue of what Ed O's gonna deal with. But we have, you know they haven't started playing games yet, right? And like I said, going back to the mindset of the locker room, I mean that you just walked out on your guys, you know, in the middle of a game. In the middle dude. of the game, you can't do that in the middle of the Damn. game. I mean, like. I, I can even imagine, like, hell, you know, Garrett Cole at the end of the World Series, at least he was in the locker room before he said he was gone. You know, yeah, it's just, like you can't do that. I, yeah, that, that, I mean, I don't even know how to talk, like, just literally quitting in the middle. I don't, you, yeah. that, I, I have no response to that. I don't even know how to start talking about that. I mean, good, well, and I, and the things I, I would probably say, and not just because he's said anybody, any athlete that did that. Right. Um, the things I would say would probably upset a lot of people. Um <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, at that, um, it's, it, the coaches are going to have a hard enough time dealing with it as far sure. as cohesion in the locker room and how he's accepted back. Uh, but just what a bratty, immature, shitty thing to do to your team. You can't do that. Even yeah. if you're not starting, if you're not playing, like, it's just, it's, you just don't do that. That's that whole, it's, you know, a, it's, the a, team, it's the team concept. It's a, and it's a very 12 year old selfish thing to do. You just can't do that, you know? And, I, you know, you, just, you can't go it's, into that with the mindset of thinking, that it's all about you all the time. You got to commit to your team and help it's, them out. It's the epitome of I'm taking my ball and going home. Right. And in the middle of a game, like you're winning by so much, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> and and what's crazy is I've seen some, you know, because I read the the tears threads, so they bring stuff over. Oh, sure. see people trying to defend it, like maybe he didn't quit on the team. Maybe he was just frustrated, and made a dumb decision. Well, maybe once you're at the point where you're in college and you play on a football team. And you're on scholarship. Right. Uh, maybe at some point you still have to be held accountable for your decisions. I mean, and that's that's really – there's an accountability issue because there, there's no reason for Tom Herman and the coaching staff to be accountable to him no. when he was very blatantly just lacked all accountability to his entire team and program right. by walking out in the middle of a game. Well, and you talk about – and that's just it. Like It's so much further beyond the game. You're talking about that scholarship that you got. This is your education. This is your chance. I mean, I don't know what his personal home life is. I don't really keep up. I mean, I know for a lot of players, it's one of those situations where getting a scholarship is a big deal. I don't really you care. Know? Like, his home, his home, like, that, that has absolutely nothing to do with sure. it. This has to do with just being a mature individual right. who plays a team sport. Right. And, that, and that's all it is. And this isn't, you know, this isn't peewee level ball where you're going to have this happen here and there and you have to talk to him about life lessons. This is something where after having been in this sport for so long right. and at a Division One program, which I would hope they, they talk about, accountability to your brothers, to your left and your right, and being in the fight together and it's one team, one fight, I you have to hold them accountable. And it's just, it's fascinating. Like, you'll get a lot of lip service from fans and other stuff, but the reality is he, he quit. He walked out on the team. He did. It's, it's, not, it's not like he even went back to the sideline and took his helmet off. Like, 
dude just rolled out. Yeah, he took off. So it's there has to be a level of accountability, and I'm certainly never going to tell Texas how to run their program. No, because um, I might accidentally say something smart, and I would feel terrible for helping them out. Well, and they might actually get away from being near 500 every year. Well, I mean, it's, that's the last thing we want. Yeah, well, it, but there's just got to be a level of accountability, and right. and and. and the Texas fans out there who can just talk like calm individuals, which are the most of the ones that I know, mm-hmm. will straight up admit to the fact that the country club culture at Texas has been an issue for a long time. Very long time. And with Tom Herman coming in and literally trying to flip it on its head, but, you know, shut up and shut up, all that crap, you know, it's this is one of those times where it's going to test, is he the hard ass that, that truly runs the program, or is he going to have to cave a little bit to what – all the people around that program, you know, expect. And that's that's one of the complaints about that job. That's why you hear a lot, you know, when, when that coaching search comes up, one of the things is, man, does so-and-so want to deal with that? Does so-and-so want to deal with the media like that? Yeah, and I, you know, me personally, I would, as much as I always say, man, I would never take that job. I mean, by all means, pay me millions of dollars a year to screw up a program. I'm down with that. But, you know, you do walk in as a head coach into whatever program, but especially in Austin, you have been told that you're one of these blue blood programs, despite the fact that your blue blood program has won a grand total of one national title in the last 50 years. You know, this is one of those deals. And you're not even big dog in your own conference anymore. You haven't just, been the big dog in that conference since last decade, the, the previous decade. Dude, the expectations, the pressure, and and honestly, the extra requirements for for what a head coach has to go through to coach there. I mean, it 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 it's extra, absolutely. Yeah. But it's an extra of their own doing. No doubt. Yeah, you know, that that's the problem. Yeah, so they definitely have a lot. No, of it's not a problem, man. No, obviously, <laughs> yeah, you figure it out yourselves. Yeah. That's not our problem. Uh, we got we have our own seventy five million dollar pocket, you know, yeah, hole in our pocket. We got to worry about. But that's yeah, okay. right. <laughs> Love you, Jimbo. Hope you do well. Um, so well, I mean, we, but but you think about it, like we face, you know, just like any major college football program, there is absolutely pressure from big money donors, and that's just. You got to keep up you know, with the Joneses, right? Yeah, but then the people that pump that money in, whether they do or not, it's it's the programs and universities' um, level of control and distance are able to keep those donors at. You know, whether mm-hmm. whether that that big money donor is right in your ear chirping or at least is like through an email. Right. And I think at Texas, and we've just seen it. They, I feel like they let the pressures of some of those people get way too close to the program. Right. When in fact. Every big money donor at every program has to understand one thing that they'll never understand because they're the type of people to have that money and the type of people to pump it in. Right. Thanks so much for your donation. Now enjoy the product. Enjoy and the that's product. it. Right. Like maybe you can come watch a practice, but you made your money not in coaching. Right. So we don't need your input. And you're putting, you feel you need to put your good hard earned money towards a game. Yes, it is a game that has a lot of monetary implications, and of course it makes you feel better when you can walk into your office on Monday morning and tell that Texas Tech grad, ha-ha, we got you well, this year, you know, but, but, but write, that's all it is. Writing that check don't get you a cubicle in the bright football complex. No, it doesn't do that. <laughs> it never you don't should. Get a, you don't get it directly. You know, you don't get the bat line calling directly to Jimbo's office, and, and the problem is it's... And, and it's understandable, you know, that it's it's a donation, but they feel like they pay for a bit of a service. They do. And there's a tiny bit of a service that I get. Like I'm saying, a little extra access to things. You know, the big donor events, yeah, absolutely. You, know, you get to go to these things. You know, you're obviously getting nicer seats. Uh, you get invited to some events that very few people get invited to. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of access to the program. 
but that doesn't mean you get to influence the football part of the program. No, and it's a, at the end of the day, it is football, and you got to let football be handled by the guys that are running football. Yeah, if, that's if, the athletic department. That is Jimbo Fisher. That is the fine folks over there, over at Bright. The fine folks over in the athletic department. Let them take care of it. Well, yeah, it's if if you write that six or seven or eight. You know, figure check, which is, yeah. you know, whatever, man. Right, dude, more power. Yeah, more power, more power to you that, yeah. that you that you earn that money. But like, if you're writing that check and you and you're like borderline offended that you don't get you know as much access as you think you deserve because mm-hmm. you wrote a check, then pull that money and write that check to the college you graduated because you know what they will let you in everywhere. You'll get to influence all kinds of crap. You'll sit on a board for hiring, you know, hiring profs, mm-hmm. but. An athletic department is just different. These people are they're groomed specifically to run athletic departments. Yep, they're not they're, so, not, they're not worried about you and what you're trying to tell them most they, of the time. They appreciate your money, they're happy to take pictures and and but dude, hands off, man. Hands off. Yeah, so like I said, it's it's been a crazy uh, few weeks with that just seeing players kind of coming in and coming out. But, you know, obviously the big stuff right now that we really have coming in, a lot of professional sports kicking off and getting well, ready to close years, too. Well, what's crazy is so college football started this past week. Right. Well, really well, kind of. Like, there was a real, game or two. It, it really started. There, there was a game or two for. And then this weekend started where there's enough games. You could do a little binging if you felt like it. Right. Not quality binging, but binging nonetheless. But yeah, speaking of quality binging. Holy cow, the Sun Belt took the Big 12 to the oh, woodshed. Well, yeah, yeah, what they, the heck happened there? Iowa well, State, what are y'all doing? Yeah, but Iowa State always lays a clunker. I, they I, do. It's fascinating to me because they, like, they feel really good teams, and I still think Iowa State's going to be good. But, but yeah, the college oh, football God. started, yeah. and we're all loading for our season, right? College right. football is on the horizon. It is very close. <clears throat> and, and what happened this weekend Oh, I don't know. The NFL started, and Premier oh, sure. League started again. Oh, yeah. And what's funny is I almost treated it like a, a time filler. It was. You know, because I'm still thinking college football, and not to mention, you know, being a Stars fan, I'm in the midst of a Western Conference final run, which deal. hopefully ends tonight. Oh, yeah, fingers crossed. That'd be really cool. So, um, but, like, so now we have you know, the NBA's finishing up. That's right. Hockey's finishing up. Uh, the NFL has started. Baseball's still going. Yeah, about thirteen. Yeah, games baseball's left. Yeah, about thirteen games yeah. left to playoffs. So I mean, as a quick, quick season out of them. But they got they got something to placate some of the fans. That's right. Um, so Premier League now, in Premier League is, is a sport that had already played through part of the pandemic. So right, and it's pretty pretty short turnaround for them. So what you start seeing, and one thing I did find uh, interesting though in the NFL, as I was flipping around games or, or watching the highlights, I mean, you saw Jacksonville, right? The Jacksonville game they played in Florida. Yeah. They had people in the stands. They did. Florida, you, well, we've all tracked Florida's. Florida opened the beaches like three months ago. Right, I think. they didn't care. So, yeah. <laughs> They'd be but, done. <laughs> yeah. Florida's like thin the herd, let's do it. Yeah. Um, which but, which uh, out there is not too hard to do. Yeah, right. But, um, so, but what I'm kind of getting at is what you're really seeing now is the ability, and I get that it's at a, at a professional level, but college is starting to show it, mm-hmm. that we can exist, have these sports even given the current these uncertain times right <laughs> but but but, but now we right. have and it's not just that we have a whole bunch of people doing it we have a whole bunch of people doing it that are doing it all a little bit differently right so there's so much for us to be able to draw from mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where uh, I I still think there will be college teams plural that play all of their games right and I still think that you will have uh, at least one undefeated team. 
There because be. there, it's just like, remember when Auburn went to the national championship, it was like everything broke their way that year, you know? They had a really good team, but, man, when you're good and you're getting the breaks, you win national championships. Right. And you're just going to need a team for things to break their way, and that might be playing somebody who's missing their starting left tackle and running back because of COVID. It might just two people, but it's just a killer. Right, and maybe, but, maybe a key – yeah, maybe a key player's out because of social yeah. because of social justice things, and that's fine too. Whatever it's but, going but to be, but the game still gets played, and the game and I, moves on. With that okay, one. yeah, I don't yeah. want to call it luck. It's not lucky that somebody on the other team got sick. No, but the circumstances are lucky that the roster wouldn't be full. Right. So I still think there's going to be at least one undefeated team. I mean, my my first guess would be Clemson, just because the ACC is it's still trash. putrid. Yeah, they're not um, good, man. I think Oklahoma's got a good chance of going undefeated. Yeah, um, well, judging from but, judging yeah. from what we've seen from the Big Twelve, well, so as, far, as long as Oklahoma doesn't play a Sun Belt team, um, yeah, I'm about to say, uh, yeah. hey, Oklahoma, double yeah. check that schedule. Uh, <laughs> but I, I still think you'll have undefeated teams. I think um, the reality of how it shakes out is it's going to be Clemson. I just yeah, they, they, you want to talk playoff team for sure. ACC and Big Twelve are the exact same. There is one team. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of, like, another team in the ACC that could really even challenge Clemson. And it's not Florida State because they lost to Georgia oh gosh, Tech. Oh, gosh. That's, I, that's probably still Jimbo's fault, too. Yeah, it's still Jimbo's can't, fault. Can't believe Jimbo lost to Georgia Tech. God. Um, but, like, I don't even know, like, the rest of the ACC. Who's up for I, anything? I mean, your usual subjects, maybe. I mean, Miami. Maybe. No. Not even them. Virginia Tech, maybe. You know, yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. It's like, so, it's kind of a it's kind of a one-horse uh, one race. Maybe, and, maybe Notre Dame since they're playing the uh, conference this year. <laughs> no, honestly, yeah, you know, Notor Dame could jump up and bite somebody. It's because you know, it's also a program they don't normally play. Okay, so so I mean, just just looking down the ACC since we have them up here, you know, North North Carolina's ranked 18th. They took down Syracuse pretty handily. Syracuse is terrible, and the North Carolina quarterback is not a Heisman finalist. Right. I said what I said. That's fair. You know, Louisville won their game. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I just, um, you might you might have a moderate challenge, but it's just like the Big Twelve. You got OU, right? And let's just say that Texas is, plays decent this year. Which I mean, they looked. I mean, they looked good against UTEP, but I mean, they looked, did what you're supposed to do against UTEP. I was about though. to say you look good against practice dummies. You, you had you, you had three good. teams that didn't do what they were supposed to do in the Big Twelve, right? So they did what they were supposed to do. So if just by process of elimination, if they can get through their schedule, they'll play OU twice. They can't Probably. beat OU twice. There's no way. I'm I mean, not sure they can beat OU once. Did you see Spencer Rattler? Spencer Rattler? Rattler. He looked real good. What, four touchdowns? Yeah, and the and running back they had to step in. Man, I'm telling you, it's just going to be OU getting on the Big 12, and then you run into it, man. We only got three power fives. Right, exactly. So we're going to end up with two SEC? Probably. I don't know, I don't know man. Like I said, I think there's – like I said, with the way it's set up this year – I really don't know how they're going to pan out. Maybe if there's like one, one undefeated from like an AAC or somebody that just cruises through, maybe they get a playoff spot. See, the problem is though, by by getting rid of, uh, you know, a lot of the non-conference games, yeah. there is no way to think that an AAC champion, if they didn't play anybody outside of their conference, really can even. Uh, they, I mean, the playoff committee will just look at it and say that would be a worthless game to watch. Sure, so we're it not. Could be. So we're not going to give them a shot. Like, I mean, hey, if, uh, if they went and blew the doors off everybody, right. okay. Hey, Central Florida, here's your chance. Yeah, right. Make it happen. You need to beat. I mean, you need a. You need to win by about forty to forty-five a week. Every literally. single week, yep. and yet just go out there and kill it. I mean, you look at the SEC. You know, you got to play your extended conference, and you know, obviously, we're going to have our own conference championship game again. There's probably going to be some rematches that take place in that particular game, depending on who ends up in it. I think, man, just like the SEC with. 
the fact he threw in those extra conference games and just shook it all up, I have I couldn't tell you who's going to win the conference this year. Uh, you know, easy money's on Alabama. Easy money's on Alabama, Georgia, and the SEC championship. Right. That's I easy think, money. I think Florida's overrated. So then – yeah. Well, and, and, and well, we're they, just great, great quarterback situation. Great players coming back, but I still don't think that they're going to be better than Georgia. Well, and we're in that cycle, the SEC cycles, where the West is good for a long time, and then it cycles back over to the East, and just we're just in the in the thick of the West being better. Right. So and the, that's the, the, the team the East sends <laughs> has to has to win the conference. Right. And it's almost like a given that the that the West is going to get a playoff spot, especially right. with two conferences. Sitting at home, right? I mean, so there's a very real possibility that whoever loses the SEC championship might be in the playoff anyway, it, especially if they're undefeated. If it's from it. the West, they're automatic going, right? So, if, you know, so uh, <laughs> you know, if, if you end up in a situation where the team coming out of the East has a couple of losses and they kind of get their doors blown off, right. you might have first and second in the West that go, which would be absolutely hilarious. Nuts. It would be hilarious. I, I, I just, I just want to hear all the bitching and moaning, honestly. That, if, year, if we could yeah. find a way to get three SEC teams into the playoffs. God. Just everybody else just beats, yeah. beats up I, I on need, each other. I need God. OU to step on their toes a couple times. <laughs> so, yeah, Clemson, and then, like, you get two West teams and an East team. Good yeah, God. I need the I need the Big 12 championship game to come down to some sort of, like, flip a coin in a barbecue restaurant tiebreaker. Like, right. Because so many teams are just logjam crap at the top. Yeah. And, yeah, then you end up with Clemson and, and you know. Whoever came out of the East and both teams in the West, I don't know. Oh God, it's just it's it's gonna be such a weird year. And of course, you know our old friends, the Big Ten, who are out here trying to put they're playing cub your ass right now, uh, and you know they're trying to find a way well, to get and, back in it. It's, and they're not doing it well. That's the worst no. part. Like they're not even good at it. Like everybody can see all the way through their complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. So it's man. And like I'm already reading like on the article because they're apparently about to vote on it again. And apparently, it's like four votes. It's like Michigan doesn't want to do it. Michigan State doesn't want to do it. A couple other guys don't want to do Nebraska's it. Nebraska suing the conference so they can which is do it. Incredible. <laughs> I mean, Nebraska's out here suing the conference. You have Iowa who's going to want to play. You have Wisconsin who wants to play. You have Penn State who probably wants to play. You got all these guys that want to get out there, and bust their ass, and play some football. And the other half of the conference is like, no thanks. No thanks. We're good. You know, let's just sit home and drink our brandy. I don't. You know, it's just like, god dang it. You know, people, this year. It's just been such an absolute cluster. I can't handle these idiots, man, especially up there. They don't know what they're doing. And on top of that, let's just go into this whole thought process. You know, we've, we haven't really had a chance to discuss this a little bit, but the selective stuff that has been going on on attendance and things. You know, we, we're talking Aggie Band, right? Yeah. Aggie Band, you know, the SEC just announced that the bands can't perform at the halftime shows. They can't be in the stands. We just saw that UTEP had their band out there. You know, that was one of the pictures I posted. You look at the way they have it set up, it's just like... If you need... If it's that much of a problem, why are we playing? Yeah, if, <laughs> if, if, if you needed to, to know the spine of the NCAA, just look at clips from all the different college football games that went on. Just, you know, include all the different conferences. And see how everything is just... This is just like a it was a difference. shotgun spread. It, like, you know, yeah, some things were good. Some things weren't. Some people had fans. Some didn't. What some had it? a lot more I fans. Think it was, it was K-State? Yeah. Looked K- like they were kind of packed between the 30s they and the first They had a day. huge crowd of people all together in their student section. Are you kidding Ugh. me? Like, uh, there is no consistency from the NCAA. There's no consistency between conferences. By the end of this year, we're Within conference. Within conference, we don't have consistency. I think my big thing right now... And, you know, it's just, I think, God, if we had any kind of consistency on that front, that would make life so much easier. We just don't have it. It's weird that God. you still get that upset about 
trying to use NCAA and consistency in the same sentence. Uh, you know, I do have one question. You're speaking of just the bastard child yeah. of the Power Five. Which one? I, you know, I've, I've heard about, no, the one that you haven't heard of lately or heard from. The sure. Big Ten's talking about voting. Have you heard anything from the Pac-12? They're sitting on their thumbs. They don't care. Now, I understand. Now, I do understand parts of Pac-12 are dealing with some wildfires, I mean, some legitimate say, issues. I mean, half the conference is on fire right but now. But yeah. San Francisco played. In yeah. San Francisco, in the Bay. And I remember, the, you know, that was when they ran to a clip every time, you know, concerned about the air quality. Which, yeah. That's it's, there absolutely has to be a concern. But, like, I, I just haven't heard a peep from the Pac-12. Pac-12's been real, real quiet. So, man. I, man, I don't know. It's, this whole year, man. I, I don't really care as long as we play and, and there's a national championship. That's, yeah, I don't care. Right. And I don't care if the Big Ten starts playing later and they decide that they're going to share a national championship or whatever they think they're going to do. Here's the thing. I, I don't think they get a single share of that championship if anybody has a loss. That's what I think. Well, and, <laughs> well, I mean, who are they going to play? Yeah, like, yeah, they're starting you... awful late. I mean, I guess they can do it just like the SEC and run conference only. Right. I mean, but even then, right now, I mean, as late as they would be running, they could, they could make a playoff. I mean, they couldn't make it to the playoff by that time. I mean, what? They're they probably, have to have their own playoff? Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Just have like, their own little Big Ten championship. That's our national championship, guys. Put it on the stadium. Yeah, God. I mean, because you're talking about, if you're going to start it that late, you're talking about running into the NFL playoffs, and you want to talk about one organization that will tell you to stick it where the sun don't shine right. as far as trying to get your crap on TV. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Uh, you know, it, you know, NFL pretty much, I mean, not like right on time, but they started pretty close. Pretty close. No preseason, but they started the regular season pretty close. Right, you know, so we're just at a point where – well, I'll just tell you, know. given all the leagues that are playing, the Big Ten has no excuse. They no. have none. Well, they there is one reason. It's not an excuse. It's a very legitimate reason. They have piss-poor leadership. They do have that. That's why the Big Ten is sitting where they are. That's right. And you know, it's I not mean, an excuse. It's a fact. No, and you know, uh, you know, applaud the SEC and applaud these other conferences for saying, okay, Look, here's the Big what we're Twelve, going the ACC, do. and the SEC mm-hmm. basically called the Big Ten's bluff. Yep. And then they had to rebuke on it. And, come and now back we're going to play some football. Now we're going to play some football. So, and so you know, like, we'll see what happens. I mean, I hate it. I got some great friends from the Army. They're like Big Ten psychos. Sure. But but they're also smart enough to understand that it's the leadership that hosed them. It was the leadership. And so, like I said, it's an unfortunate situation for them. But Not my problem. Not our problem, man. We We're done with them. So, I mean, what else is new with you? Anything else? Fun going on right now? Oh, yeah. I'm going to get a boat. You're getting a boat? That's happening. That's yeah. that's new and exciting and uh, unexpected. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, just plug it along. I started my uh, my online class for being a, a victim's advocate in the Army right. SHARP program, which, uh, you know, if, if you don't know anything about the Army, you don't know what I'm talking about. Sure. But it's a victim's advocate for the sexual uh, harassment, assault, and rape prevention. Right. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited to be able to become a victim's advocate. It's uh It'll kind of be like my last hurrah in the army because I'm I'm creeping up on retirement. Right. Uh, but other than that, man, we're just plugging along, dude. Enjoy I, that, you know, about sixty-seven hours of nice, cool weather. Yeah. I said I was uh, I was busy this weekend. We actually ran up to uh, Oklahoma on a on a little band trip. Nice. Uh, played up in uh, Bubba's uh, brew house. We opened for our buddy Tanner Ustery, and so I drove up there Saturday. With our fill-in drummer, um, Alan Green, who's local out of Bryan. We drove from here to Durant and back down after the show because I had to turn around and go to Riesel in the morning to play at church and then came back. That was a grand total of 720 miles in about twenty, in about a little over 36 hours. So that was Yeah, but pretty I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask one question, though. <laughs> and, and, I, and I know the answer, but I'm going to ask one question. 
Let's Is it really that big of a complaint? You got to play a show. Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, I mean, I've driven 1,100 miles. No, I broke. I mean, I got a chance to break out my new bass. I got oh, a yeah. chance, you know, and play and play in front of these folks, and it was a bunch of fun. And I mean, I had people that apparently took really good pictures. I don't have them yet. I got to go see if I can't find them floating on the internet. Yeah, you'll get you'll you'll, you'll get tagged eventually. That's the plan. So. But like I said, right now it's. That's about it. I mean... It's weird. Like, things aren't necessarily, like, by mandate getting back to normal, but they feel like they're getting a little bit back to normal. We're working on it. And, you know, um, one other piece of normality that hopefully is coming up the line, it hasn't, you know, they haven't made the official announcement yet, but I can go ahead and just tell you guys. Um, theoretically, October 3rd is the date they're thinking about um, doing a Chili Fest makeup. Huh? Uh, that's going to be over at uh, Wolfpin Creek or Northgate. I've heard both, but I think it's going to be Wolfpin Creek. I was going to say, like, given the amount of listeners we have, you could probably give out, like, the nuclear missile codes. But uh, as soon as you said Chili Fest, I feel like this is going to get spread a little bit. So so what I've heard at this point, it's looking like it's going to be four bands total. Um, and the second band, they've I've heard two separate names. But it's going to be Whiskey Meyer still headlining like, like, they, yeah. like they were before. I've heard either Roger Krieger or Randy Rogers band. They haven't confirmed one or the other. Then it's going to be us, and then Joey Greer, who finished second place behind us in, oh, in the, the competition. So, nice. so you know, kind of two up and comers, and then you know, a couple of head, you couple know, cover, cover big, bigger headliners. Uh, they want to do it over at Wolfpin Creek, um, you know, up there on that hill, so people can spread out yeah. and social distance. <clears> but once again, it's all up to the city of College Station to approve it, and fingers crossed they actually do it. But uh, and then if there's any one other thing that I can go ahead and add on this. Governor Abbott, for the love of God, you said you were going to do something last week. Do something. Yeah, he kind of disappeared a little bit, didn't he? You know, you got to, you know, if you're not going to tease the idea of doing more openings in Texas and then just go quiet like you did. Yeah, he went straight radio silent. Yeah, you can't do that. And so, you know, and I'm not sitting here saying, hey, go out to the bars, don't wear a mask, don't social social distance, be be a whatever. I'm saying go there and continue to be smart. Wear your mask, follow regulations, sit at tables, order food. Do the things that you need to do that you would just been doing at restaurants wherever. Just do it in that same setting. Yeah. It's really not that hard. And most bars I have talked to, that's exactly what how they're setting it up. They're having tables. They're yeah. having food served. And they want to make sure that they are covering their bases so we can all just move yeah, on. Yeah, just remember when you go into an establishment, if you refuse to wear a mask, the person that gets screwed is the establishment and not you. Right. All right, so sometimes you got to take one for the team, especially like if you're going right to some place you love, or yeah, so small businesses that just in these like economic times they cannot take a fine of that of that measure. No. So just just remember, if you're going out, you're going to local places. Look, if the mandate's still there, the mandate's still there. You know, you can argue it all you want to, but if you're going to be the person that refuses to to wear a mask in an establishment, refuses to leave, and, and if it gets reported, it's the establishment that gets dinged. So just kind of keep that in mind. I'm not telling you how to live your life or how to think, but just keep some of those things in mind with right. these small businesses that are just struggling they, they to need, keep their doors they, open. They need your help. And speaking of small businesses, you know, we obviously we have one close to our near dear to our heart. Uh, Good Bull Barbecue. When's that coming back? Well, we're gonna try and work on it this week, but uh, this class, uh, the class kind of popped up, and I had right. to get I had to get in the slot. So if I can get it open this week, it'll be open this week. If not, I'll be ticked if I don't have it open next week. Okay. So, but you, you heard it here, folks. Go uh, get ready for your uh, yeah. ready for your tacos, your pork yeah. tacos, man. Yeah. We're excited P- about Pig Macs and sandwiches. I'll uh, We're ready. Yeah, I'll uh, I, obviously I'll be active on on social media as soon as I can get it. I, I don't want to put a date, and then if something happens with you know some sort of city paperwork that right. I'm finishing up, I, I, yeah. 
So right. soon, just as, trust me, I would much rather already have it open. <laughs> All right, so folks, we really do have our, our uh, schedule kind of reset here. So we've, we've, we, we like to record on Mondays, get this guy out for you guys on Tuesday. Hopefully we can continue to keep that consistent, uh, especially with my upcoming schedule. Um, you know, to give you guys an idea of what my week looks like whenever I'm not, you know, I'm working during the day. Uh, I'll record this guy on Mondays. Typically, I have band practices on Wednesdays. I have softballs on Thursday, and then most of the time, I'm probably going to be out staying busy on the weekends. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my absolute best to make sure we're getting this podcast out to you. And feel free, of course, share it with your friends and push this thing out. Uh, and so, you know, we can get this thing rolling. And, you know, just as soon as we get some other other things going, hopefully we can get some merch out to you guys, stickers and all that other good stuff, and we're happy to get this going. Yeah. Uh, any uh, any quick parting thought about your Liverpool match against Leeds? Jesus Christ. For, for those of, of y'all who don't know, Leeds United Football Club has been out of the Premier League for 16 years. It's and, you know, we've minute. talked enough about relegation. You understand. Teams come up. So they come up. Their first game is uh, Liverpool, who's the defending, uh, or defending champions. Champs, yep. And they took them for a ride. They did, and you know... Liverpool won. Liverpool won. They won 4-3. Let, let's clarify that. But to, to Leeds credit, I mean, this is a team that, once again, this is coming up. They need to show that they belong, and I'm all Boy, in on do that. They. they do need to show they belong. They came in and played a fantastic match, and all power to them. Anytime Liverpool would score, they had an answer up until the very end. So surprising. And they, I, they played tight, honestly, I was very I, I knew that Liverpool was going to pull it out, which right. is what made it that much more fun to watch. Every time Leeds scored, you're like, holy crap, dude. When's the next one, right. But, uh, again, and my hammers lost 2-0 to Newcastle and looked like they yeah. didn't even give a shit doing it. So, But I did hear uh, there are some rumors circulating that our, uh, we got board members that are thinking about walking away because they can't take the pressure of, the pro- of our protest. Get them out! Yeah, GSB out. See Come on, you irons. <laughs> so I mean, no, I was I was I was very very impressed with how Leeds played. And I knew they were going to play. They're going to be fun to watch. I think they're going to be a fun. And like I said, they're going to be. Ho- an, hopefully, they didn't blow their wad all in the first match. No, and like I said, they're going to they're going to end up coming back, and you know they're going to show stay they'll stay up. I they'll think up. they they need to because you know it's it's one of those clubs that they are a traditional top twenty five club. They deserve to be up here. Yeah, West Ham. We uh we are one match in, and we're in the relegation battle. All Woo! right. All right, but yeah, no. So we're good. We're gonna keep up with our Jerks. Premier League folks, <laughs> hopefully, and uh, yeah, and like I said, just kind of keep. Except for the Tottenham people. Except for yeah, all you Tottenham yeah. people out there. Which I mean, nah. let's face it, there's so many Aggies that are oh, Tottenham fans. So nice. They're, I mean, God, they're everywhere. I like the San Antonio Spurs. So I guess I'll just like the Tottenham Spurs. Boop, yeah, boop, I mean, boop. It's funny how often that was the case. I mean, it, what you know, we all have our reasons for picking it. Like you know, like West Ham was easy for you because the, the colors, the colors got you going. Well, the, I mean, right. the, the colors of the movie, the, 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 the colors, history, yeah, of it. everything of that got you going. You talk about a lot of folks from San Antonio and Texas have a nice little affinity for Spurs because of San Antonio Spurs. That really was a nice little cover. You know, honestly, I had one of the weirdest transitions to actually pick Liverpool. They weren't very good back in 2013 when I picked them. The whole reason I started following them was only because. Literally, my buddy who's a Chelsea fan, we had a one-on-one talking about. Oh yeah. You know, talking about you know what was I looking for in a club? I said somebody that's got good history, someone that's got great fandom. Well, but they're not necessarily the best team right now. They've got and you know they they're fun to watch. He said, "Shit, you're see, a if you ever, fan." If you ever meet a West Ham fan, 
you'll know they became hammers when West Ham wasn't any good because we right. haven't been any good for a long time. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think I don't think any West Ham fans that remember us being good are alive anymore. No. So. You know. And so. Yeah. All right. That's all right. I said enough rambling. Hey guys, we uh, we really do appreciate you guys listening in. Of course. Share it out. Yeah. Be sure to share it out, and you know, we'll come back next week, and hopefully we'll get some guests on the cast here before too long as well. And yeah, Casey yeah. Uh, ended up getting a, a new thing going. Um, uh, through, uh, I believe it's through Barstool. Right. Um, so her time's a little more jammed up, but we'll, we'll get some guests on. I, I might be able to get Jamon Osmond out on. Yeah, I meant to say, I mean, let's, let's shoot him a line. Yeah, so we can certainly chat with him and hopefully uh, we'll see what see what's going get on. Get him to talk about football. Yeah, talk about some football. Let's talk about, you know, any, obviously we don't want to get any players that are playing on because, you know, that's, right. I, that's a whole slew of crap that we don't want to deal with. So, um, yeah. and, you know, if we can get former players talking, that's also cool too. So, yeah. I mean, if you know anybody that would, Love to chat about the upcoming season. Or, yeah, I mean, you know, you I, got anything you want us to address? Just let us know. Yeah, and you know, and you know, just as an example, Dale Mack, you know, he, he had a nice little kind of insight on what was going on recently yep. with opting out. So, hey, you know, you guys kick somebody our direction if you want, and we're happy to do it. But you know, be sure to follow us on social media. Uh, this is Robert underscore White fourteen on Twitter, Roy May fifteen on Twitter, and of course the Red Ass Podcast guys. We really do appreciate you guys listening in. Take care. Have a wonderful day. Yeah. Wear your damn masks. Yes, please. And uh, as always, come on, you are.